Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. The following program may contain coarse language, violence, nudity, mature subject matter, or scenes which may not be suitable for all viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, and Star Cable. My guest this first hour of tonight's show for Tuesday, May the 11th, is Maureen Webb. Now, Maureen is a human rights lawyer. She is the author of the book, Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World, published by City Lights in San Francisco. Maureen has written and spoken extensively on post-September 11 issues, both in Canada and the United States, testifying before parliamentary committees, reviewing the Canadian Anti-Terrorism Act, and speaking in venues like the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, the Columbia University Human Rights Institute, and the World Affairs Council. Joining me now from Ottawa, Ontario, is Maureen Webb. And Maureen, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you. Maureen, why did you decide to um, become a human rights lawyer instead of practicing any other area of law? Well, I began as a labor lawyer, uh, and uh, in my practice, uh, a lot of the cases involved human rights issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, In um, 2001, I was a fellow at the Human Rights Institute at Columbia University, and of course, uh, I arrived the week that the uh, towers came down in New York City and became very involved with the debate after that among international law and security experts about what America's response to terrorism should be. A couple of weeks ago, an attempted uh, car bombing in Times Square. There have been apparently 70, I believe it's 70 some odd attacks that had been either uh, thwarted or investigated by authorities in the United States when it comes to attacks of a terrorist type. Have we learned anything since 9-11? Yes, I think uh, one of the biggest lessons was that um, the agencies had to cooperate uh, more fully uh, because in 9-11 they had the names and and of some of the uh, 9-11 attackers and uh, they were following some of them but the various agencies involved weren't communicating effectively with each other. So that's one of the big lessons uh, that was learned. So a better line of communication between all U.S. agencies, and I'm sure with their counterparts around the world, including uh, CSIS here in Canada, and Interpol and other parts of the world, MI5 or MI6 in the United Kingdom, and so on. With the uh, the, uh, formation of the European Union, has uh, has intelligence flowed much more freely uh, between the, the EU, the U.S., and the Canadian authorities? Oh, yes, I think it has. Um, And in fact, the U.S. has demanded uh, things from Europe and Canada before they've even implemented it at home. Uh, For example, some of these um, air travel uh, initiatives, um, the U.S. after... 9-11 9-11 wrote uh, fairly early on to the European Union demanding that they uh, give the U.S. direct access to their airline reservation systems and uh, that they um, provide uh, U.S. agencies with what's known as passenger name record information. Right. Um, and, and this was before the U.S. had implemented a similar system. Maureen, please stand by. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. And we'll be right back. Exonation Nation, Maureen. 
Webb is my special guest. Her website is www.citylights.com. And Maureen and I will be back on the other side of this two-minute break as we start for tonight, Tuesday, May the 11th in the year 2010, here in the Exxon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon radio show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. is my special guest. She is the author of Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World, published by City Lights in San Francisco. Once again, the website to find out more about Marina as well as to order her book, www.citylights.com. Maureen, uh, has surveillance increased since 9-11? Yes, it's increased exponentially. Uh, governments are now monitoring entire populations 
all of the time. So we've shift, shifted from a traditional law enforcement and security mm-hmm. intelligence paradigm where uh, authorities were uh, following specific leads outwards from specific uh, information to one in which uh, everyone is treated as a suspect, a potential suspect, and uh, there is mass surveillance. And the the surveillance has both domestic and global aspects to it now. The, some of the global feeding into the domestic and the domestic into the global. Has it been effective? Well, uh, I would argue that it has not, and um, I can give you some examples. Please do. Um, yeah, you know, the National Security Agency in the United States, there was a big um, controversy in 2005 when it was discovered that that this agency uh, was, which has a mandate to, uh, to gather foreign intelligence, was actually turning its sights inwards uh, domestically and spying domestically on Americans um, by tracking telephone conversations that were rooted through through the United States and uh, and and looking at both the international and later it was discovered um, purely domestic conversations and law enforcement agents after this was made public were saying that um, they were swamped with the uh, the various false leads that the NSA was feeding them that in fact it distracted them from um, from work that um, and leads that were much more productive that they had found through traditional uh, methods, and it was uh, it was deluging them. Um, take the underwear bomber uh, this Christmas, um, this last Christmas. Uh, we know that his parents were were worried about him and had uh, reported their concerns to uh, the U.S. Um, officials in uh, Sudan, and uh, that these reports were c- circulating, but. You know, when you have real reports of th- threats of real th- th- reports of real threats uh, circulating in a system that has um, masses and masses of other information flowing in it, things can often get lost. So, if you are looking for a needle in a haystack, the um, the job gets even harder because you keep adding uh, masses and masses of hay to that stack. And I think that's one of the downfalls mm-hmm. of these systems. So tell me, do you think that any of the new systems uh, that that we've adopted since 9-11 helped authorities in the Times Square case? Well, in the Times Square case, it's it's instructive to note that um, the matter was uh, uh, brought to the attention of the police by an alert citizen mm-hmm. who saw the smoking car and immediately called them. Um, and this was, in fact, a, a Muslim uh, a system, uh, a citizen of Muslim origin. Um, and that the case, the break in the case came when someone looked under the car and found the registration number, uh, and they were able to track down the the owner. And these are all. You know, this was a traditional uh, method of policing. Um, the more sophisticated technical systems that were in place, uh, for example, the 82 cameras that were scanning the area within uh, several blocks of Times Square, um, you know, the police had to take the time to sift through hours and hours of of video footage. They fixed on a man in a red shirt that was walking away from the area, lost a lot of valuable time, discovered that he wasn't really of, 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 um, of interest. Um, 
they think they caught a glimpse of the Pathfinder car that was driven by the suspect, um, but of course it didn't it didn't lead them to the suspect. Um, and by the same token, the, the no-fly list, uh, which is another big uh, system of mass surveillance, uh, it, uh, th- th- that system broke down and he was not uh, picked up by the airline uh, in time before he boarded. What happened? Where did the screw-up happen with the no-fly list? Well, the no-fly list, uh, first of all, it, it's, it seems to be a giant list. Um, the, uh, the, the American News Magazine, uh, America, um, 60 Minutes, mm-hmm. uh, revealed in 2006, I think it was, that uh, they had documents which showed that there were 44,000 people on that list. Uh, ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, has estimated that there's up to 1 million people on it. And, uh, of course, a lot of these people... Um, you know, shouldn't be on that list, uh, uh, and uh, they they clog the the system. Having a list of that size uh, makes it so much harder to administer. Now, airlines are supposed to sync their passenger lists with the no-fly list, and um, at the time that the Times Square uh, bombing took place, uh, the the rule was that every 24 hours they had to sync the list. Um, and of course, the, there was an emergency update that that came. Mm-hmm. And uh, although they 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 synced their list after they they received that, they say that uh, the suspect that um, bought his ticket after that, and so he eluded the list and made it onto the plane. Now, what's the criteria for the government um, or any law enforcement agency to put somebody on that no-fly list? Well, that's a good question because, of course, lists are only as good as the intelligence mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that, that goes into making them. And we know from uh, anecdotal evidence that um, many people who have been put on the list seem to have been put there for political reasons. Uh, there have been uh, anti-war activists on the list, uh, clergymen on the list, uh, civil liberties advocates on the list, um, and the... Transportation Security Administration itself admitted in 2005 that they had had approximately 30,000 false positives using the list. That was people who had names or personal information similar to those people on the list and were stopped, wrongly stopped. So, you know, that's a very good question. What what are the criteria? They're, they're secret, uh, and we don't know. Let's say, um, let's say I was going to take an airplane from Hamilton to Los Angeles, and I was stopped. Mm-hmm. Do they have to tell me why I'm being stopped? No. Even though I'm no, a Canadian in Canada, I'm still refused boarding privileges on, let's say, a Canadian carrier, and they don't have to tell me why? Uh, no, they don't. Um, and uh, the, the the thing is, is we we thought for a while that in Canada, purely domestic flights were exempt. Mm-hmm. But it it has appeared in recent times that uh, airlines are in fact applying the the American no fly list to purely domestic flights. So that, uh, for example, Abdullah Al Malki was 
you know, one of these, one of the Canadians who was tortured abroad uh, with the complicity of Amer- of U.S. of Canadian agencies, rather. Um, he was had a he was on a, a purely domestic flight uh, within the last year, and uh, the U.S. no fly list was applied to him. He was not allowed to board the plane. Two years ago, my wife and I are going over to. Um to Buffalo, New York, to catch an airplane to Las Vegas. I was doing a convention there. Mm-hmm. And we get to the, uh, we go through customs. Of course, you have to give them, the uh, the people at the border, your your uh, passports now, and they run them through NCIS, and I'm sure the uh, uh, NCIC and the other data banks, and we, we get our mm-hmm. passports back. We get to the airport. I give my, air, my passport to the ticket counter. I get my ticket. My wife gives her passport, and they said, well, I'm sorry, you're on the no-fly list. It took them about an hour and a half to verify my wife's information that she was not the person who was who was on that Whose list. Name was on the list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, in some cases, they will tell you that you're on the list, um, and and many times people lose their flights, yeah. and and many people who have names. Well, you've heard the anecdote of Ted Kennedy, the uh, famous. Uh, American senator yes. who found himself on the list, and uh, apparently he, he was his situation was similar to your wife's. His name was similar to someone who was. The first five years of a child's life are the most important for healthy development and long-term well-being. The experiences and relationships formed during this period of rapid brain development build a foundation for future learning and success. Yet, this critical development is in jeopardy for many children whose families lack access to quality early learning and care, especially those living in under-resourced communities. The impacts of this opportunity gap are measurable in as early as nine months. Start Early is a proven nonprofit providing doula, home visiting, Head Start, and early Head Start programs, and advocating for policies that put families first. They've been expanding access to quality early learning and care for over 40 years, but there is more work to be done. Learn more about Start Early and the work they do by visiting startearly.org thrive. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to c-h-u-r-c-h-e-s-care.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Someone who was on the list. And uh, it took him months of lobbying to get his name off the list. Uh, you know, a person with those kinds of connections um, couldn't get his name off the list for months. And people who have been able to, to establish that they're a different person than uh, the person on the list with mm-hmm. whom they share a name, they, 
they they still have to go through st- secondary inspections. They, you know, there's no yeah. sort of they they have to. Um, in some cases, they're given documents which show that they've been cleared through as a different person, but they still have to go through the whole rigmarole each time they travel. The funny part about this entire story, uh, Maureen, is that that was the only time she has been stopped, and we've been flying, taking vacations ever since. Hmm. So I, I must say that the people at the Buffalo Airport in, uh, I, I guess it was a Homeland Security supervisor, was very, very pleasant, very polite, very congenial, yeah. and very professional. And mm-hmm. he said, I'm sorry, but these things do happen. Please let us let us see what we can do. And within 20 minutes, we were cleared. And that was the only time. And um, yeah. But I'm just wondering how many other people go through this aggravation every time they, they want to take an aircraft. Well, as I said, 30,000 by the government's own admission in 2005 had been mismatched on the list. And another aspect about these new surveillance initiatives is that they're, they're being sold by governments as uh, anti-terrorism measures, but in many cases their function is uh, uh, expanding to include ordinary criminal um, purposes, immigration purposes. Um, so it may be very well be that... Um, the person whose name matched your wife's was, uh, you know, some person uh, in an ordinary, ordinary criminal who had been added to the list. Maureen, you and I have to take a commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Maureen Webb is our special guest. And we're talking about security. Uh, Maureen is the author of Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World, published by City Lights. The website is www.citylights.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Hi, this is Rob McConnell just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com and that's 99 cents US per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Do you have a disease that you would like to alleviate through a natural means? Have you been contacted by angels, ghosts, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services free of charge for first-time clients contacting me during the month of April. These free consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you have always wanted to explore these types of experiences but were skeptical or simply could not afford them, then take advantage of this free special offer. Contact me through my website, aguidinglight, spelled L-I-T-E, dot com, to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter.
You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network and X-Zone Broadcast Network. Visit our website at www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Heard we're right around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Ustream TV, and Star Cable. If you'd like to give us a call, toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Maureen Webb is our special guest of this hour. She is the author of Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World, published by City Lights in San Francisco. And uh, Maureen, first of all, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, this is a very timely topic, especially with... What happened a couple of weeks ago? We had another bomb scare in uh, Times Square last week. And uh, this week we have uh, Mayor Bloomberg visiting the United Kingdom looking to adopt the kind of pervasive camera surveillance that they have there in New York. Now, here's a question uh, to you. Would more cameras have helped in the case of the attempted suicide uh, car bomber? I don't think it would have helped in this case. Uh, as I described earlier to you, uh, it distract, tended to distract the police from uh, better leads. Um, they were bogged down by, by looking through the video footage uh, of the 82 cameras that were in the area, and uh, they, they focused on a, another man that turned out not to be the right guy. Um, you know, I think that cameras in certain places like critical infrastructure in, you know, in subways and the like, uh, those are perhaps warranted. But uh, when you turn your society into a surveillance society so that everybody's being watched all the time, I think what you lose uh, is uh, much greater than what you gain. 
I've heard the phrase secure flight. Now, apparently this is the system that is uh, to replace the no-fly list. Can you tell us something about it? Yeah, it's supposed to be improve on the no-fly list because rather than have the airlines uh, checking and policing the, the, the list, the idea is that the Transportation Security Administration itself uh, will be uh, checking and enforcing the list so that... Um, up to 72 hours before a plane takes off, the airline is supposed to be sending the names of uh, ticket holders uh, to the uh, PSA, and they will be checking uh, the information of these people and then uh, giving permission to the airlines to allow the person to board. Um, so as you can see, it's turning... Um, it, it, it's turning what is now a system of sort of free mobility and um, you know and and, and uh, the two to one where of permission to a model of of permission that you can't do things until the government permits you to do it. All right, how close are we getting to the point where the government steps over that line and we're now looking at a system that is um, uh, more of a a big brother stepping in and the government dominating the citizens instead of the citizens having the freedom to move around freely. And, you know, where do they infringe the rights? I think that that we're further down that road than most people think. And this has been one of the more insidious aspects of the war on terrorism, this uh, incremental construction of a uh, system of mass surveillance um, where people are being watched all the time and governments are sharing information um, uh, in ways that they haven't before. Um, And, uh, you know, it's not just our mobility that's being affected. It's uh, other... uh, constitutional rights that we have, freedom of association, freedom of speech, um, the idea that one is innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. the one that the, the government doesn't have the right to intrude into our private lives unless um, there's reasonable grounds for them to do so. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I think that uh, it's something that, that citizens should be more concerned about uh, and, and more aware of. Uh, in democratic societies, because these kinds of tools of social control we have never given to governments before in democratic societies. And and while some of us might feel fairly uh, complacent because we feel that they might be used just against, uh, you know, Muslim communities uh, among us, um, they can, you know, in future uh, times, these systems will still be with us and they can be used for all kinds of um, social, you know, uh, social control agendas. Um, So... That's a, that's a very pertinent question. What about people who say, well, you know what? If Big Brother is watching, who cares? If you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear. Well, yes, that's often the, um, the uh, excuses given by government. But in mm-hmm. fact, I, I think we have quite a lot to fear. Uh, because not only are um, our Muslim um, Canadians and Americans, our, our fellow citizens, being unjustly targeted for who they are and not for what they have done. Um, but um, but we ourselves, uh, you know, I mean, the majority could could also be be targeted in this way. And and in Canada, we have only to to think of the case of Mayor Arar, where the consequence of getting on a list was uh, catastrophic. 
uh, and were it not for the efforts of his his wife and um, and some uh, some Canadian citizens, uh, he might well have died uh, in the in that uh, grave like cell in Syria where he was being tortured. A lot of listeners around the world think of Canadians as the nice guys. You know, like we're very low key, we're very friendly. You know, we're ni- we're a great neighbor. How has 9-11 changed the way that the Canadian government looks at Canadians? I think Canada, because we depend so much on the open border to the United States for economic reasons, I think we have... uh, pretty much kowtowed to whatever American administration is in power uh, since 9-11. We have been complicit repeatedly in uh, tipping off tortures in other countries to the fact that a Canadian who is, you know, is on a U.S. list uh, is coming, uh, is traveling into their country. Um, you know, in the mayor of our case, the Canadian ambassador was the liaison between the the, the Syrian uh, military uh, police who were who were doing the torture and the RCMP and the American agencies. Um, you know, in the Afghan detainee case, it's becoming more and more clear that there was a fairly um, blind eye turned to the fact that uh, the the detainees that we were turning over to Afghan uh, detention centers were were going to be tortured. Uh, There was a nod and a wink. And, uh, you know, after 9-11, American uh, authorities said that it was time to take the gloves off. And um, a lot of uh, things were done in the name of getting tough. And I think Canada has has gone along with it. And and we've got blood on our hands as well. The U.S. now has the the Patriot Act, do you foresee anything being passed by Parliament here in Canada that would that would equal in any way the strength, power, and authority that the Patriot Act gives the U.S. authorities? Well, the Patriot Act uh, loosens a lot of uh, democratic controls over search and surveillance. Mm-hmm. We haven't gone quite as far in Canada with that, but we have... Uh, created these new terrorism offenses and tried to define terrorism in the act uh, like uh, like the uh, American Act does. Um, the criminal lawyers would tell you that uh, it makes for a lot of confused law and that these offenses could be um, applied uh, in, in very inappropriate ways uh, to to any number of political actors, you know, farmers uh, uh, with a, fa- a tractor cavalcade going down the highway, uh, nurses on a wildcat strike, you know, um, hypothetically these uh, these provisions could be applied to them as well. Um, it, it's interesting, you know, in the United States, this um, revelation of the secret domestic spy program uh, that the National Security Agency was uh, undertaking caused a lot of controversy, whereas in Canada, we have a parallel uh, um, program being run by the Canadian security establishment, and um, that's in the Anti-Terrorism Act. It's set out right in clear language in the Anti-Terrorism Act, and uh, there's been no fuss at all over it. 
tell me, should a suspected terrorist or someone who has been apprehended after the commission of a terrorist act, should they have their rights stripped from them, whether they're a Canadian or an American? Yeah, this is certainly what um, was being advocated in the United States after the apprehension mm-hmm. of the Times Square uh, bomber. And uh, I understand uh, that uh, in the last 24 hours, uh, Eric Holder, the Attorney General in the United States, has agreed to limit the uh, what is known there as the Miranda rights. And that's um, in Canada, we have a similar thing under our charter where police, once you're arrested within a certain amount of time, they are supposed to tell you that you have the right, right to remain silent. Uh, and, um, you know, I think we have to remember that. Uh, Terrorism uh, has long been with us. Uh, it's it's an old crime, sure um, and many democratic societies have had to deal with it. Germany has had its terrorists. The UK has dealt with the Irish terrorists. The uh, Spain has dealt with the Basque terrorists, and in all of these countries, it's been dealt with as a criminal law matter. And although there have been some um, extra powers given to police, generally the traditional criminal law rights of the suspect have been maintained. And, you know, in Canada, I I think, I hope that we have a better perspective than the United States. I think there's a certain amount of hysteria going on down there because the United States has always thought of itself as being geographically isolated, uh, being safe from the kind of violence that um, that Europe certainly and other other continents have have um, experienced, and you know they've kind of lost their true grit. Uh, other populations in other countries have recognized that you know governments cannot guarantee a hundred percent safety in any aspect of our lives. And in fact, in no other aspect do we demand, other than counterterrorism in North America, do we demand 100% safety. We don't expect to be kept 100% safe uh, from ordinary crime or from, uh, you know, when it comes to worker safety or or climate change, you know, the and, and some of these things which actually are existential threats, um, you know, there's there's hardly you know, any government action on them. But when it comes to terrorism, which in fact kills an infinitesimal number of people uh, around the globe um, each year compared to other uh, other um, risks to life, uh, there's there's been a, a certain amount of hysteria. And I think we have to remember that terrorism is a crime. Uh, it should be treated within the criminal law framework and when you go overboard in uh, in your responses to terrorism, often you generate uh, more of the very evil that you're trying to combat. Well, let's take a quick look back in Canadian history when the War Measures Act was declared uh, by uh, by Prime Minister Trudeau uh, after the kidnapping of Richard Cross and Pierre Laporte. Um, mm-hmm. Many people don't realize that Canada had been targeted by the FLQ. It was a terrorist mm-hmm. act. And, yep. and you know, I think the Canadian government handled that situation admirably. Well, that's what we might view uh, the situation. That's how we might view it in English Canada. But in Quebec, uh, it uh, 
was widely understood to be a um, a gross, uh, heavy-handed um, um, move um, because many innocent people were rounded up. Um, yes, there, there. Yes, we did face terrorism. In fact, for for many years leading up to the kidnappings, there had been bombs in post offices, right. yeah. uh, you know, post boxes, and other kinds of violent acts. Um, and you know, that said, I think that Trudeau, at the time, the War Measures Act was a very old act. Uh, you know, it, it was sort of the product of 19th century, legis- you know, legislators, um, and and it, it's very short. If you stand ever by, read Maureen, it. you and I have to take a commercial break. And let's just finish sure. this off when we come back on the other side of this break. Maureen sure. Webb is our special guest. She's the author of Illusions of Security: Global Surveillance and Democracy. In the post 9 11 world, www.citylights.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. With each new extreme weather event or terrorist act, it becomes increasingly obvious that we live in uncertain and challenging times. We all buy car insurance. Why not collapse and catastrophe insurance? Matthew Stein, an MIT-trained engineer and green builder, has written two outstanding books to help people prepare, plan for, and deal with everything from minor situations lasting a few days to full-on collapse. Matt's first book, When Technology Fails, is a manual for self-reliance, sustainable living, and surviving the long emergency. This massive book covers the gamut from first aid and emergency preparedness to alternative healing, renewable energy, primitive living skills, and 18th century technologies that could be critical to your comfort and survival in a long-lasting crisis. Matt's second book, When Disaster Strikes, is a comprehensive emergency preparedness handbook and survival guide. When Disaster Strikes is an essential item for every family's go-bag. Both books are available at all usual sources. There's a wealth of totally free information posted at whentechfails.com and author-signed copies may be purchased at mattstein.com. That's www.whentechfails.com and www.mattstein.com. Hi, this is Rob McConnell just letting you know that the X Chronicles newspaper is now available online at www.xzonebookclub.com. All past editions and current editions of the X Chronicles newspaper are available for 99 cents. That's www.xzonebookclub.com and that's 99 cents US per edition. And don't forget, the X Zone store is now open as well for all of your X Zone Nation merchandise www.thexzonestore.com Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Explanation. Uh, Maureen Webb is our special guest this hour. She's the author of Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World. It's published by City Lights of San Francisco. And you can find out uh, more about how you can order your very own copy of Illusions of Security by going to the publisher's website at www.citylights.com. Maureen, we, were, uh, we just briefly talked about uh, the, uh, the Quebec uh, crisis going back to the, what, uh, mid-60s, mid I believe. Uh, in it, 1970, I think it was. was October it? 1970. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know... Pierre Elliott Trudeau invoked the War Measures Act. I remember as a young boy in Montreal going downtown and seeing the army on the corners around the Plaza Victoria mm-hmm. Stock Exchange, the major power supply depots, as as well as watching every night. And I, I'll never forget the night where they found or they got the tip of the body of uh, Pierre Laporte, one of the ministers mm-hmm. in the Quebec government, was found near the St. Hubert Air Force Base, which ironically was being used as the headquarters of the task force into finding the members of the FLQ, including uh, those who who kidnapped um, uh, Mr. Cross. Cross yeah. what, what did we learn from the FLQ crisis? Well, I, I, subsequently, the uh, new piece of legislation, the Emergency Act, was, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, put in place. And... Um, it, it was much less a blunt instrument than the uh, War Measures Act. It it had checks and democratic checks and balances, so that you know the prime minister alone could not declare a state of emergency and have it last as long as he wanted. It had to be uh, reviewed by Parliament uh, every every uh, you know seven days, um, and and a more measured response could be uh, could be had. Um, what did we learn from the War Measures Act? Um, well, we 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 went through the experience of terrorism, um, and we came out as a democratic society. Um, and I think that uh, even though fairly heavy-handed measures were brought to bear, uh, we did not treat uh, the matter as a as an existential threat. Um, and we dealt with the disaffection in Quebec in a political manner. And Canada is um, 
you know, well, well known around the world for the fact that two separate nations live relatively peacefully side by side. Marine, let our listeners know where they can get a copy of your, your book entitled Illusions of Security. It's available in most bookstores. Uh, you can get it through Amazon or through the City Lights uh, website at citylights.com. Marine, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and I'd love to have the opportunity of having you back on the show in the future. Thank you, Rod. I enjoyed it. You take care of yourself. Thank you very much. Marine Webb is a human rights lawyer. She's the author of the book, Illusions of Security, Global Surveillance and Democracy in the Post-9-11 World, published by City Lights of San Francisco. It's available at Amazon.com and fine bookstores everywhere. When we come back, more of the Exxon from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, as we continue to investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology. Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. The show is then carried on a second network from 2 a.m. until 6 a.m. And then a third network from 6 p.m. until 10 p.m. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as we continue for Tuesday, May the 11th in the year 2010 from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, Maureen Webb was our guest this hour. And to find out how you can get a copy of Maureen's books, visit her her website at the publisher, citylights.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar. Text the word grade to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use. Text grade to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed. Text grade to 323232 right now and get started for just one dollar. Text grade to 323232 now. Text grade to 323232. 